walking up a cobbled and narrow laneway. All I can smell is scented water and artificial forest pine. I squeeze between two branded sun huts. Both huts display equally bright boards, both making an attempt to tie their name to the obscured mass before me. The sun. It always amazes me that such a monolithic, dominating feature that surrounds our city, our home, can become so familiar. It's a part of our community. As friendly and usual as a neighborly wave, 15 kilometers high and 12 meters deep at its thickest, it's always stood tall and wrapped our city in its gentle arc. I'm embarrassed to say that I've never even been to this part of Melbourne before. I've been to some shady spots, but never actually on the wall. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit hesitant about this trip. It's easy for those of us with good access to feel anxious when facing the potential of going without for a while. Not that it would have had much of an effect. Of course, to have discomfort means you have to have comfort to begin with. It might not be a popular opinion, but these moss folk aren't bad. I find myself actually starting to slow down. Not to their pace, of course, but I definitely feel my legs having to work a little bit harder. The other thing I notice is the crowd. It doesn't thin, but you can feel it quieten. That cacophonous drone that you get in the middle of the city turns into a light hum. I guess energy is limited here, and noise is just another cost. I savor the last rays of sun and suddenly feel cold as the warmth is sapped from my skin. I debated with myself over bringing a UV lamp with me. I didn't, not wanting anything to happen to it or to me for having it. I climb a set of narrow stairs until I'm face to face with the wall, its mass looming over me. I reach out and touch it. It's cold, which isn't unusual as the northern face spends most of its dreary time in darkness, but it's biting nonetheless. I try to make out shapes behind the biopolymer mesh. I wonder what world exists beyond. What mysteries lie past our oasis, our tomb. A weave of slime shrivels and creeps into view. I pull my hand back, a little freaked out. It's strange. Our society's greatest technological achievement was only possible with the introduction of this simple, mindless, organic muck. Even more ironic that now it holds our whole society together. From afar, the sun appears to gleam with some intangible facade of show and purity, but it wasn't until I was this close that I realized the grisly nature of its composition. I keep on walking, making my way through the labyrinth and activity of the downcast crowd. I'm almost there, I can feel it, so I pick up the pace through the last pool of shadow, finally emerging in a sunlit plaza, in the center of which stands a tall statue at least three pines high, one of the greatest photo sapiens of our time, the pioneer of our evolved society. Looking back, I catch a glimpse south towards a sky-reaching city and bright green valley beyond. A face almost ghostly appears in the crowd in front of me. I suppose you're the one I'm meeting then. 
Cry has a friendly poise, but a stare that could chase the clouds away. I stop and imagine that's the reason they had him working up there. At least we would no longer need the son. We shake hands. Yes, and uh, I just wanted to say thanks again for taking sure, your time to Sure, sure, fine. I study Rai's face, worn by years of maintenance outside the perimeter. My eyes follow the lines of his permanent scowl, guessing at the horrors only he had seen. Noticing my read of his unusually pale skin, he fades a smile and orders a warm desal. We sit and watch strangers go by as he begins to speak. He began by telling me about some odd readings on the dimidifiers. It sounded strange, sure. I think it was his tone. He sounded so convinced that I just couldn't help it. At the very least, he was a man that was delusional. At the very best, here was a story. Maybe a story that needed to be told. It happened about a week ago. Up there, I came across something, I don't know. It was at that point, I just knew it was something more. There was just no way these readings were coincidental. The machine just doesn't lie. I've got absolutely no idea why or how, but there's something cloudy going on up there. Well, yeah, I mean, there's the possibility, but don't you think it's a little bit of a stretch? Ha! <laughs> oh, you think I've lost it, haven't you? No, not at all, not at all. It's just that he... Look. I notice his eyes widen, and he throws his arms up to pause the conversation. Something has happened. I follow his gaze to the armed carabinero striding past our table. He leans forward. I get it. I spent too much time out of the light. Even weeks on end without purified water, but I'm telling you, the data just doesn't lie. The whole municipality is off. Something's going on and I need your help. Everything you believe, everything we know, it's all false. The fungi is real and active and the people, they just... They need to know. Look, I want to help, I do. I mean, it's my job, but you need to convince me. Let me in. Show me what you know. Rai pauses and reaches into his satchel to grab something, but he hesitates. Any warmth or familiarity he'd shown to me previously was completely drained from his face. I felt like he was staring through me as he started to speak again. Do you... Have you ever heard of Ophiocordyceps unilateralis? Ophiocordyceps? It's a fungus. It's a beast. It latches to the minds of ants and twists them, bends them towards lower ground against their will before erupting inside them. The beauty of it is that the host- I don't really see how- The host has no knowledge, no realization that it itself has been consumed before it's too late. Right. This is everything you need. He hands me his bark tablet, worn by years of mechanical repetitious use outside the wall. And with that, he left. He said goodbye and disappeared between the throng of cypress and shop fronts. The sense of foreboding and unease that I felt when I first met Rai stayed with me long after he'd left. He was strange, uncomfortable to be around, especially given the things he was saying. Though it is wrong to speak ill of the dead. This is the first episode of my upcoming series involving the disappearance of son worker Matthias Rye. The unresolved questions that came from our brief contact plagued me for months. 
It would take me almost a full sun cycle of consolidating information, accessing data, interviewing Rai's friends and family, and following vines of information until the shroud and shadow of this mystery finally lifted. Maybe it was guilt that drove me, thinking I was the last contact he'd had with the world. Should I have listened more intently? Should I have followed him? Maybe I shouldn't have reached out to him in the first place. Unknowing when all this began, all these questions will be answered. Welcome to Son. April 22nd, two years almost to the day since I'd last seen Rye. Hello, is this Jasmine? Sure is. Great to finally hear your voice after all those goddamn leaf mails. Yeah, I'll say. So, Jasmine, I hope it's all right that I record this phone call. Yeah, of course. Hang on a second. Just let me get my root tea off the dang stove. This is Jasmine. Not her real name. She grew up next door to Rye, and they fell in love. They were married for almost 42 years. <sighs> that was a long time ago. He used to be so bright and cheerful. You know, I remember when he came back from his first day he started work up there. The stories and the laughs we would share. He was really happy. I wish I had known back then what I know now. Can you tell me again what happened that day? Well... Uh, it's okay if it's too much. Do you want me to turn the recording off? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. done you can leave now you've heard the episode it'll be out tomorrow usual time you did well you're a professional we can't copy that lucky me i guess look my wife should be home soon and you know and when this series is over everything will turn, return back to order no one's going to remember it time will turn into a conspiracy and people will mythologize that afterwards one way or the other, they will never know the truth. Please, just... Just let me finish it. This will be over soon. Your family's lives depend on it.
Call made to Jasmine. Recording started 4.05 p.m. April the 22nd, 2086. Hello, is this Jasmine? Sure is. Great to finally hear your voice after all those goddamn leaf mails. Yeah, I'll say. So, Jasmine, I hope it's all right that I record this phone call. Yeah, of course. Hang on a second. Just let me get my root tea off the dang stove. <sighs> that was a long time ago. He used to be so bright and cheerful. You know... I remember when he came back from his first day he started work up there. The stories and the laughs we would share. He was really happy. I wish I had known back then what I know now. Can you tell me again what happened that day? Well... Uh, it's okay if it's too much. Do you want me to turn the recording off? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, I told them it's off. We can talk properly now. When did he first tell you? I was scared. I mean, truly terrified. I begged him to destroy the tablet, leave it all and choose to live. If anyone found out... He, he, I, he gave I, it to me. He gave me the tablet. On his last day, I had no idea. For months, it's out on my desk. It took me so long to do anything, but when I found out, I think the hardest thing was believing it. I didn't want to. This is why I need to get this out to the people. This is why we need to do this. Do you know anything about this? What do you call it? Fungus? Organism? I mean, where did it even come from? I can't, Why is it doing this? I can't rightly say... Well, I can't, well, I can't prove it, my initial thoughts are something like spores that the sun emits. Taking advantage of our requirement to photosynthesize, it's infested our mind with some sort of fungus or parasite. Or another analogy would be that we're the dependents and it's the host, ensuring we clean it, maintain it, also while providing it with unlimited water and solar. How could we have been so blinded? Oh dear. I feared, but I had no idea it could have been this big. This must have been what he uncovered. When he discovered what it meant, he knew it was only a matter of time before the hive mind of the city found out. When we met, he dropped anti antivirus in my tea. So it took me so long to, to understand from the recording to figure it out. He must have given you the same. I knew when we first spoke, you sounded somehow different, clear. Does that make sense? Yeah. Somehow I knew, but it wasn't till after. Jasmine? Just, just don't... I... I have made what preparations I can. I afforded the maps. It has the weak, the weak points marked. He was the only one with enough inside knowledge to find them. A dang fool. Please make sure this is seen through. For right sake and for mine. I fear it won't be long until they track me down. Look, stay safe. I'll get in contact with you when I wrap up this brain rinse of a series. If it all goes to plan, the people will be reignited. They'll finally see.